If the ever-changing and fast-paced evolution of technology and business has you wishing you had the right-sized partner to guide you through your IT landscape, it's time for you to meet the experts at Yash Technologies and C5MI. Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal with Yash Technologies and C5MI connects you with the best business experts who are making this happen for companies all across the world. We delve into global business challenges from SAP S4, managed services and the digital workplace to live factory, infrastructure and much more. Tune into the Business Channel to hear today's top technology industry experts share their insights on how companies like yours are partnering with Yash Technologies and C5MI to transform their IT landscapes. Welcome to a revolutionary hour of business technology talk. This is Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal with Yash Technologies and C5MI. You'll hear from the experts with the know-how to revolutionize and transform your business for a truly efficient, actionable technology transformation during both prosperous and challenging times. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. I'll say welcome again. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to our audience here live in the Zoom room. We love live Zoom webinars and we will validate your parking sticker because somebody told me it's very low cost right now. I won't tell you what we're getting miles to the gallon, but that'll be something for later on. And welcome to our listeners around the world. We are simulcasting. This, I think, is a new concept, a webinar that's live on Zoom and also going out as audio over the Voice America Business Channel to listeners all over the world. I'm the producer and host of Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal, a new series here on the Business Channel presented by Yash Technologies. And if you're not in the room, I'll spell that for you, Y-A-S-H, if you want to look them up, and their partner company, C5MI. Today, last week, and for the next two Tuesdays, I'm sorry, Wednesdays in May, I'm going to continue to bring you thought leaders at Yash and C5MI. They're sharing their insights and their expertise on what's on everybody's mind. How can businesses prepare to emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic and safely enter the new normal? Some of you might call it the next normal, the next not normal. Whatever it is, we're going somewhere. The light is at the end of the tunnel. We are starting to see it around the world. And what are businesses, in particular manufacturing companies, going to do to get there safely, smartly, to grow, to thrive, and survive? That's the goal. So I'm going to give you a little overview of one of the overview topics we're talking about today. It's called America 2.0. You may not be familiar with it. I wasn't until recently. It's another word for the fourth industrial revolution, Industry 4.0. It was coined, the term America 2.0, by a man named Paul Mampley, M-A-M-P-I-L-L-Y. And he describes a new economic and manufacturing boom being driven by a variety of next-generation technological innovations, which we're talking about today, industrial upgrades, yes, and consumer trends. They all fit together in the big picture. What Mampoli describes as a fourth industrial revolution will remake the world we live in, and we're all aware of that, and the U.S. manufacturing sector. That's what we're going to talk about. The mega trends driving America 2.0 are creating a whole, and I'm going to spell this, new world, new dash world. It's a new world economy that is leaving old dash world industries, manufacturers, and traditional businesses gone, behind, not on the front lines anymore. Collectively, all of these add up to the greatest tech revolution in modern history that any of us has ever known, and it's going to be an exciting new American manufacturing renaissance. 
That's my big overview. So stick around for the next hour as our panel of experts include, well, I'm going to start with John Gretter at Yash in a moment, but we're going to have Derek R. Dyer, Marty Groover, and Danny Goad joining us to talk about the significance and the importance of building what you all want. Very simply put, a resilient future-ready enterprise. That's really what it comes down to in a nutshell. So I'd like to introduce John Gretter, the gentleman sitting there on the lower left, and John is smiling, and he's ready to tell us just a little bit about the history of Yash and C5MI, John, and why don't you give us the agenda for today? Welcome, yeah. John. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bonnie. Nothing like a, a revolution, a technology, uh, or should I, an industrial revolution being interrupted by a pandemic. It, it truly is the, the new world when we're, we're talking about those types of things. Today's show is going to be great, and, and when you think about the four-part mini webinar series that Yash and C5MI are endeavoring on with Voice America, think of it like a book, and that, that's what's come to my mind as I've been explaining it to my, my friends and my family. It's a book. Last week was chapter one. This week is chapter two. Each chapter kind of builds on uh, one of the other and, and drives towards the, the ultimate goal. And that ultimate goal is offering that thought leadership that you were discussing and, and navigating what the new normal is. And it really came home to me earlier this week. I, I had the opportunity to, to be part of a meeting with the Yash founder and CEO, Manoj Behetti. And, and Manoj was giving an overview as, as to how the pandemic has been affecting Yash and giving his, his future state of what he sees, not only Yash looking like, but, but business in general. And I have to tell you, Bonnie, I, I was super pumped up after that meeting because Manoj shared with us, he, he's been the founder and, and the CEO of Yash since its inception over 24 years ago. And he's seen a lot of business upswings, a lot of business downturns. And, and he shared with us at the, at the other end of every downturn that he's experienced, Yash has actually came out a stronger partner, a stronger business because we really took a deep dive into our own processes, looked at our own systems, became a better overall company. And as we pushed that message out to the over 6,000 employees that Yash has across the globe, it's done nothing more than, than drive my fire even more to, to join you today and share the thought leadership that Derek, Marty, and Denny are, are gonna bring to the table. But specifically, what gave me my aha moment was I looked at the C5, C5MI website just yesterday and I saw their motto, challenge the present, change the future. And it made me think, wow, what, what a great thing to lead with today because that's exactly what we're all doing in business. We're challenging the present. How can we navigate these waters to the best of our abilities? How can we survive? Then thrive where we're going to change the future. So I took that motto back to the team and I said, okay, let's look at the topics that we're going to discuss today. And let's obviously show the value of, of how they help us challenge the future that we're in or challenge the present that we're in. Mm -hmm. But let's take it to the next degree and help the businesses that are tuning in today to thrive in the new normal. How do, how do we change the future and become better businesses just like Manoj shared with the Yash team of what our goal is to do at, at the end of the, the COVID pandemic, which hopefully will be coming to in the not so distant future. 
So you'll, you'll hear a lot today from Derek about ERP and, and why ERP shouldn't be something you run away from in the, in the new normal that we have. But then we're going to transition into Marty. And Marty is going to just knock everybody's socks off with the C5MI story on Live Factory. And that Live Factory story is one of the key components that led to the marriage of Yash Technologies and C5MI when they came together back in 2018. Took all of those resources that Yash Technology has, married them to the great consultants that C5MI has specific to manufacturing and built just a powerhouse in the manufacturing industry. And that bedrock is Live Factory. And I can't wait for your listeners and our viewers to get to, to enjoy what Marty's going to share. And then Denny's going to bring it home with a topic that you talk about building value and wringing out even more good stuff that, that companies are currently sitting on. Denny's going to talk about those end-of-service products from Microsoft that you nobody really likes talking about them, but they're super critical, even more critical in today's business cycle because they're added value that with just a little bit of work, can have a huge impact on everybody's bottom line. So Denny is going to close it with a bang. I know last week we talked about drones and that got everybody fired up, but Denny's going to Denny's going to go even further than drones this week. And I've challenged him. He has to sell and sell that sizzle even more than Praveen did with his with his drones. So super excited to bring the the thought leadership from the Yash side and and the C five MI side today and show the the viewers and share with the listeners how we can help them challenge the present and change the future. Bonnie, back to you. Thank you, John. Great intro. We got a little echo here. Great intro. And I want to say, rumor has it that Denny is also going to talk to us about how to get the oil changed in your car. And that's part of the sizzle. It may not sound like it, but you've never heard anybody explain it quite like Denny Goad. Uh, John, I'm glad you mentioned about your conversation with Minoj. I'll just make this brief, but exciting. You mentioned that that uh, Yash has looked at its own processes, has looked at its own, how the company works, how the company functions, what the company wants to bring to customers to the world. And it's so important that you looked inside and said, this is how we're going to survive. 24 years, 6,000 employees, that's impressive. And that solidity is important for people to know about. And I love the way you frame that we're going to get insights because the people on the panel are super smart and I'm taking up too much time. So let's get Derek Dyer here. Derek, I've got you in speaker view. So come on and why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? What are you going to be talking about? Welcome, Derek. Hey, Bonnie. Great to be back. It's hard to believe it's been uh, one week, but uh, this is becoming a habit for us. It's really good to see you again. And, and uh, I love these series. I have the fortunate job of, of heading up the SAP practice for Yash Americas, also work with uh, Marty on the C5MI side. And, and I'm going to talk about uh, one of Yash's foundational service lines today, uh, it, really in the context of this new, new normal, and that's around SAP S4. And Bonnie, as we talked about last week, we just got right to the point about the gorilla in the room. And that gorilla in the room is obviously the the COVID pandemic. And I just want to share some setup thoughts here of, of what we're seeing today in the marketplace uh, that's just been really magnified or exacerbated be, because of the current situation. So anybody that's been in IT, I've been a, a lifelong IT professional, it's always hard to, to get budget approved. It's just, it's the world we live in. And uh, today that scrutiny on, on spend is just really, really intense. And 
for those projects that we're seeing actually getting approved, this concept of time to value has become gold. Mm -hmm. So there's a very interesting thing that that's, once again, it's always there, but it's just become completely magnified in the, in the current environment. So we're going to talk about that today in, in the context of SAP S4. And the other thing that is very, very interesting is we're seeing a, a slowdown, in some cases maybe even a stop of, of current projects because companies just don't know what tomorrow could bring in this, in this new normal we're going to talk about. But, Bonnie, at the same time, we're also seeing this, this stark reality, this awareness, this keen understanding is we have to do something different, this, this, this need for transformation. So we're seeing this as, as a very interesting paradox that's happening at the same time. And it's being, once again, just completely magnified by, by COVID. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. And I'm excited to be able to talk about this in, in the context of SAP S4. And Thank you. I, I just want to say I, I appreciate the use of the word paradox, and this is something that companies in, in every industry, not just manufacturers, whatever the manufacturing, have been dealing with for years is what do we do dipping our toe in the water of digital transformation? How fast do we do it? How much do we invest in it? When is the time to jump in? How deeply should we go? Uh, should we go to the cloud? Should we outsource information? Should we? What should we do with our IT people? And those who didn't are probably sitting there saying, oh, I wish we had, because those who did are going to find that they will recover, retool, reprioritize, recover faster because they have that transformation already in progress or behind them, and they're there. So, Derek, tell us more. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And if I do my job well today, I'm going to set the stage for, for Marty. And this goes back to, to what you shared in the introduction regarding America 2.0, that mm -hmm. concept of transformation. And we always try to look at things a positive light that good things do come out of bad situations. And we do believe that uh, for all the right reasons, this will accelerate transformation and be, and be the catalyst for this. And Bonnie, if I'm not mistaken, you've got a little bit of history with SAP and some knowledge background, but if you're okay, I would like to just jump in and do a little bit of a level set for the listeners and viewers here to talk about SAP S4 before I jump into the meet here. Please so, absolutely do. Tell, tell people exactly what we're talking about. I know there's a, a transfer from what, they're, what you're going to be talking about to S4, and there are some controversies there, and there are some challenges. So let's have a real level set from you, Derek. Yep, absolutely. And SAP S4, HANA, or we'll call it just S4 today, is SAP's newest enterprise resource planning or ERP offering, and it's the successor to, to their highly successful ECC platform. And SAP S4 is, is a great solution, and SAP sometimes gets a knock in the marketplace, but I really think they've hit a home run with S4. Uh, just the, the, the simplicity of the functionality and the user interface, those of you that are SAP experts and background, uh, you understand the, the wonderful SAP GUI and, and how hard that was to navigate with the transaction codes. That goes away with a, a much easier way to use it. And the embedded functionality they're bringing into S4 with analytics, it's in the core now. And it has evolved over the last couple of years. And the current version is something that I'm a big fan of. I think SAP has hit a home run with S4. And this concept of intelligent enterprise, I think, is a brilliant one. And I'm going to dig into that. And, and what I think is most interesting, Bonnie, is, as I, as I thought about today, S4 kind of sits on both ends of this paradox. 
So many companies are in this, you know, this cycle of always implementing ERP. And, and those are the, some of those things that might have been paused or stopped because of the scrutiny on budget and, and unknown of when we're going to go live type of things. But at the same time, as you begin to tie together what I'm going to talk about with Marty's talking about, S4 is also really an incredible engine for this transformation. So I see S4 kind of sitting on both ends of that paradox, which, which makes it pretty interesting. And, and I think we'll, we'll talk through that today about how we really look at that from a, a Yash technology perspective is both ends of that paradox. Okay, so let's go back to our theme of the new normal. Derek, is it really going to be the new normal, the new unnormal, the new, is there ever going to be a normal again? How do you, how do you see it? And I know you have three pillars that you want to talk about for the SAP S4 implementation. So why don't you dive in? Absolutely, Bonnie. And your guess is as good as mine on the new normal. I think that my assessment would be companies may not ever go back to how they used to be. Uh, we talked about the impact of remote work and all of this, but mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, companies are going to need ERP systems like SAP S4 to run their operations. It doesn't matter if you're in retail or distribution or manufacturing. So ERP is here, and, and the pandemic, once again, I think, is ultimately once we get past this initial shock is going to accelerate uh, the value proposition associated with, with products like S4. So as you mentioned, I'm going to talk about, we talk about pain points. I mean, that's kind of been the, the construct that we're, we're going through for, for these uh, sessions. And I always try to weave these pain points into more of a positive outlook versus just focusing on the pain. So what we talked about uh, from an SAP S4 perspective, I'm going to, I'm going to look at, at three distinct pillars. The, the first one is around, I call it a, a dirty little secret. And what a lot of companies, a lot of systems integrators, a lot of IT service providers don't necessarily always openly share with the companies they're providing services to is this incredible toolbox of goodies that SAP, the company, gives partners like Yash Technologies to actually better implement their software. And these have existed for a long time and they've, some have been really good, some maybe not so much. But the tools that SAP is offering now for their partners with S4 are at a whole different level. And you'll hear buzzwords in the industry like accelerators or best practices, pre-configured solutions. And those all have been around, you know, for a long, long time. But I'm happy to say that one of the pain points that we typically deal with is the complexity and the duration and all of these things that make these implementations so long and, and hard and difficult. And now with SAP taking so much body of knowledge over 48 years and putting it into their core product, there's less and less need for companies to, to really go out and, and change the solution. So really being able to adopt the standard functionality and more importantly, leveraging these tools that SAP gives. And we look at this from a, from a Yash perspective as really a catalyst as to the second, the second pillar here, which is this business value. And, and I've been doing SAP for over 20 years. I don't think I've ever been begged to put it in, nor have I ever been, you know, thanked when it was over. It, it's just the reality of, of SAP. But this concept now of really leveraging the toolkit that SAP gives partners this is all about business value. And typically SAP implementations sometimes are viewed as this, this massive IT burden, something I have to do because IT says I 
must do it. But ultimately, with, with this new age, with the S4, this business value creation is real. And, and I think, Bonnie, this is even more important now with this new normal. This can't be viewed as just another exercise of IT. This is, is all about implementing SAP to help a business run their operations better. Okay. Um, I appreciate, I think everybody does when you mentioned the dirty little secret and the fact that things probably were more difficult than they needed to be, more involved, more delayed, more complicated. And I can hear people in the audience, whether they're listening on the radio, Derek, or here in the room saying, ah, oh, finally. So I'm, I'm glad to hear the good news that, that people, I'm just going to say it, companies with integrity will use the tools to make the installation and implementation as smooth and clean and usable and effective as possible without a lot of fluff or extra added on features they don't need. So Derek, keep talking. We have another, uh, another pillar here and I yeah, see it and I like it. The last pillar ties it all together and then I'll quickly transition into the, the so what of all of this. Yes. It all comes down to what Yash Technologies, what companies like us can do to help customers go live faster. And, and take us all the way back to the beginning, I talked about the, the time to value. And right now, just because the IT budgets are not going to open up like floodgates when this, when this clears. It's not going to be a flip of the switch. So time to value and velocity is absolutely key. So when you weave these things together, the robustness of what SAP has done with S4, leveraging the best practices and the tools that SAP gives partners, it's all about flipping the switch so the company can begin using the software faster. And I firmly believe, Bonnie, I, I believe this, that the days of these 24, 36-month nightmarish implementations that overrun budget, uh, everything's customized because every company's different. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful and pseudo-optimistic from a, from a YASH perspective that those days are behind us. We, we can really do what SAP is intended to do, which is leverage the functionality out of the box, facilitate as many business processes with standard capabilities, and get that value prop brought up front faster for the companies. I think it's a huge, huge opportunity uh, for, for that. So those are the three pillars, Bonnie. Okay. Now, Derek, I remember the days when we were working on how to put together a value prop for companies I worked for. And we all, oh, it has these features and it has these benefits and this is wonderful and everybody will be smiling and everybody will go home happy and they'll sleep better. And then somebody would say, so what? So what? What's in it for me? So what? What will be different? What is the bottom line? So what that you can answer that will make sense and there are no more so what's after that. So I remember the exercise of drilling down and drilling down. And so you told me you're going to explain what is the so what here. So Derek, let's have it. Yeah. So the, the so what is tied back to, to the message of all of this, the new normal. But ultimately, the, the one takeaway that I want to give before, before I transition over to my good friend Marty here is speed is going to win. Speed has to win. And, and all the, all the elements are there to facilitate the velocity. And, and I'm thrilled that Yash is in position to be able to help companies do that better. So velocity to me is absolutely going to be the key to the game. And, and as I like to say, let, let, Yash be, let Yash be your gas pedal. And, and you take this back to the paradox. And I think it's just the perfect way to transition this off is the basic plumbing of IT for most companies is going to require ERP. And that has kind of been the thing that's been paused but this stark awareness, this new, new normal saying that we've got to do something different 
And that's what I'm excited about is SAPS4 is that foundation, that catalyst to do what Marty's going to share with the group now is that engine for something that we call live factory and this digital transformation to help manufacturing companies run better. So Bonnie, back to you. And it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Ditto, ditto. I want to set the stage for Marty Groover. Uh, interesting that you mentioned the gas pedal, Derek, because I did promise Der- uh, Denny in a few minutes going to take us through how to get the oil changed in the car. And I know that's a metaphor, but thank you for the gas pedal metaphor. And Marty comes from, comes from a naval background, so I don't think he's going to be talking about cars, maybe boats. Maybe we'll get some speedboats. So let me give a little background here. The speed of retail and live factory have exponentially changed the way we buy things. We, consumers, prosumers, you're buying something, whether whether it's for your company, your factory, your home, your friends, your neighbors, your vacation. We're buying things that get to be manufactured somewhere. And there's something called the Amazon effect, and it's starting to creep into manufacturing. Those companies that are in business, that want to keep doing business, will have to adjust to this reality in their supply chain. Is it make for me? Is it make in mass production? Who wants it? What are they willing to pay for it? It's going to affect supply chain. It's going to affect factory operations, or we hate to say the handwriting is on the wall and it ain't good. So I'm going to introduce Marty Groover. Marty and I go back a couple of years, and and Marty was recently a guest on my Technology Revolution, the Future of Now radio show, along with Derek talking about the future of the factory of the future. I like to do that. Marty's going to talk about live factory and the future of manufacturing, and I want want to tell you, you're all in for a treat. Those of you here in the room, don't even think of touching that dial, as I say sometimes, because Marty has a, a video, a film he's going to show. But to our listeners on the Voice America Business Channel, you will be able to hear all the audio and just close your eyes and absorb it all because the narrator is, I say as a voice person, spectacular. So Marty Groover, welcome to Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal. And why don't you give us a little more background about you, Marty? Hey, afternoon, Bonnie. Glad to be here. This is the first in the series. I get the next three weeks, so I'm really excited about coming and talking about all the solutions that we have at C5MI. One of the things that's important to us as a company and everything we believe in is challenging the status quo. That's why we started this company. I got the best job in the world. I get to work with industry experts, and I go out and develop intelligent digital solutions for our customers globally. One of the things I do know is we got to reduce complexity with these tools by converging people, process, and technology into a single version of the trusted truth systems. And we do that at C5MI through four main product lines. First one would be digital manufacturing with live factory solutions, which I'll talk about today. The next is enterprise asset management. Huge piece, maintaining equipment things like that, assets out in the field, your factory equipment. And we'll talk about that next week with digital, with our digital reliability center maintenance solutions. And then operational intelligence is another group that we have. We really believe that's the glue between the people process and technology. And we have an Illuminate solution for real-time location systems. That'll be the third week. And we're going to bring in a customer that we recently finished a product or a project with, excuse me. And that's going to be a real exciting talk with Kevin Rell. And then last, I have Lean 4.0. We really believe that it's all about the process. You can't digitize a crappy process or you just get a digitized crappy process. So supply chain and manufacturing group focus on how to really do the process right. All those things together create a holistic picture, which we call common operational picture. I'm going to show you a video now that will explain it. There's a lot to this, and this simplifies it like we like to do with our solutions. Okay. 
Here we go. Connecting end-to-end -end with Live Factory. All manufacturers face similar challenges. Disparate data, siloed processes, unplanned downtime that can restrain throughput, disengage their workforce, and erode value. Manufacturers must adapt and run their businesses at the speed of retail to provide exceptional customer experience, increase market share, and improve productivity. They must digitally connect the end-to-end -end supply chain from customer to supplier, as well as create shop floor to top floor connectivity that drives a competitive advantage. Business leaders need digital tools that yield live data, cockpit-like controls, and live business feedback. They have to leverage technology to create a digital thread, a digital thread that will enable factories to translate strategy into tactical execution and command a fully connected digital supply network. To optimize engagement, employees also need clarity through live data, mobile on-demand access, and capabilities to quickly solve problems through live feedback. C5MI's Live Factory solution creates a common operational picture, integrates the shop floor to the top floor, and guarantees one version of the truth. This eliminates the common challenge of matching transactional accuracy to shop floor reality. Our solution defines, measures, and analyzes live transactional and execution systems without requiring a person in the loop to gather data. So you can focus on improving your processes and creating a control plan to sustain these improvements. The data is transformed instantaneously into information for decision support and automated actions to produce reliable outcomes. To truly engage your workforce and embed sustainable lean capabilities, our live factory solutions provide real-time data to promptly solve issues while driving process excellence. Improve your business outcomes by leveraging cloud-based solutions integrated with Industrial Internet of Things in order to create Industry 4.0 capabilities. Create your competitive advantage now with Live Factory. Visit C5MI.com. Marty, I've seen an awful lot of, of produced videos for companies. This had to be one of the coolest, best done. I've done videos myself for companies before and, and very impressive. I hope our listeners on the Voice America Business Channel were able to, able to hear what the voiceover person was saying. So, Marty, why don't you, I'm going to put you back here in speaker view, and why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about this? What are the common challenges? What are what the leaders have to do to embrace this live factory? How does it all get done? Well, first of all, I love that video. Every time I see it, I get, you know, excited about it. As an ex-factory manager, I always wanted to have a live factory. So I have a selfish uh, pursuit here to, to create a live factory. I'm going to talk about those three things. But the, the biggest thing that we see, and I think it's, it's always funny, Derek and I joke about this all the time. No matter where we go, everybody thinks they're different. And I, and I love that. And, and it's hard sometimes to look at a customer and say, okay, I'm listening, but yeah. Everybody has the same common challenges. And when we go talk to our customers, the lack, that disparate data, we talk about digital transformation. And honestly, we've been digital since the 80s. It's not a problem with having enough data. The real problem is, is stitching it together live, having it be harmonized across the end-to-end -end supply chain and driving that visualization to understand what's happening in the moment. As a factory leader, the worst thing that can happen is you go to the end of the day, you look at the shift, and you look up at your board to see what you made today, and you find out, I didn't hit my numbers, which is usually every day. But 
I find out after the fact, what can I do about that? There's nothing I can do. That epoch of time has already left. I can't solve that problem. But if I had it live in my hand and I got an alert in the middle of the shift, could I go down and solve that problem and maybe make sure we don't miss and leak money? One of the things I find interesting is Steve Jobs told us in 2007, you don't know this, but right now, in the future, you're not going to be able to live without this. And, and it was so funny, if you haven't seen that video, where he talked about three different tools that they combined into one. And what did this tool do for us? Well, I'll tell you, I can't live without that phone. I can't run my business without it because guess what it has? All my files on it, my emails, my meetings. I can do my Zoom meetings from my phone if I'm on travel, wherever. I've even done Zoom meetings on the airplane that has Wi-Fi. Think about that. What is that phone for me? It's a single trusted version of truth. It's live. Everything in my life runs off that phone. Now you got to ask yourself, why can't I have that in my factory? That's and why, and why can't people? And what's yeah. been taking so long to get to that point, Marty? I just think so many different point solutions. And I think Derek's comments about S4 and what it does to you, the ERP system really consolidated a lot of the transactional systems into one system. Now that engine when you look at the phone, the phone's pulled in all these systems, all the applications that are built, one common user interface, one trusted vision of the truth. Well, we haven't had this thing like the Apple iOS on top of that engine called ERP. We have not had that, that common operational picture. And what I see going forward is not a lot of point solutions, but a holistic approach with a system that condition-based monitors everything that you do end-to-end -end in the supply chain. So when you hear about digital thread and digital twin, all those little buzzwords, it's really about fully conditioned monitoring your whole supply chain end-to-end. -end. And we'll talk about that in the COVID and why that's so important. But without that live monitoring, think about your car these days. Your car is sensorized. They've already figured out all the failure modes. They're constantly reading signals through your car to the point that they can even come in to your radio and tell you, you got a problem with your car, sir, and we've got a part for you <laughs> at the dealership. And it will automatically slow your car down so it doesn't damage the vehicle. Think about that, that's amazing. That's what we need for our supply chains. We need a self-compensating, self-healing supply chain that senses everything through it. And that's what Live Factory is really all about. It's a lot of solutions to take the shop floor to the top floor. And we talk about that vertical integration. That's a critical piece. Have you ever watched the TV show Undercover Boss? Yes, of course. It's a great show, right? Yep. Now, where does the CEO always go when he goes or she goes? Where do they go? They usually go to the people way down the line. They go away from the executives, people who are working uh, on the street or in the, the, uh, the, the shop floor, if you will, or the people who are doing the packing, the people who are, are, are basically the – the hands-on at the lowest level, the most uh, basic operational level. Operational layer, right? That's yeah. where you're making money, at the operational layer. But why do they have to go there? Because they don't know what's going on. The iceberg <laughs> of ignorance, they don't know. So they go down there and all of a sudden you see all this mystery solved. But, that, but the people on the floor knew that that was a problem. They're like, yeah, this has been an issue. Nobody listens to me. That's the beauty of the live factory solution. It connects that shop floor to the top floor. Again, clarity from the leadership down but also clarity from the operational layer back up in one single trusted system of truth. That's the most important thing about a live factory 
And we truly believe going forward, especially because America 2.0, that's going to be required. There's just no doubt about it. Marty, with clarity brings uh, the opportunity to hold up that mirror. That's what they do on Undercover Boss. Sometimes the clarity is not pretty, that single point of truth. Sometimes the clarity is that the supply chain is not functioning well. The people are not being paid well. The people are not giving, being given opportunities to advance. So it, it sounds to me like it's a great thing to have that real-time insight, and you have to be prepared to do something with right. it. That's, that's change true. management. That's a mindset of leadership, isn't it, Marty? It's not just, hey, you're going to give this to you. It's you got to put your, your big kid big kid boots on. I'll be polite on this. And you got to say, are we really ready? And the answer is, hell yes. You have to be ready, right, Marty? This is the time. Well, that's the key. We codify lean practices with our digital tools. And that's why we talked about we define what we want to measure, the business process. We measure it but we also provide those analytics so you can understand why it's not working live. So now, instead of wasting all your time trying to figure out what the problem is, like Undercover Boss does, <laughs> every day I should be looking at that, those analytics and driving those improvements. Now, honestly, you can give anybody any tool. If they're not going to use it and try to get better, then it doesn't matter. But with these tools applied properly, we know that, you know, Derek talked about having a uh, cost for IT. If we do live factory right, it should pay for itself. It should be accretive. And that's what we look for. Where's those business outcomes where we can reduce overtime, reduce scrap, reduce all those things. There's free bags of gold in our supply chains and in our factories and in our maintenance. If we just go out and grab it, it's there. You don't have to go spend a bunch of money. You just have to think about how to do it better. Marty, I, I want to move this so we can get time for Denny, but a couple of important things. Number one, I know you've been writing some commentary on LinkedIn recently to articles. There was an article in McKinsey.com talking about the three areas of focus that can help plant leaders navigate the, the transition. And what we're in right now is for many companies or too many companies, an initial, initial crisis response. What the blank do we do to the next normal? Protect your workforce, manage, manage your risks to ensure business continuity. Continuity, that's the goal, and drive productivity at a distance. So that's a whole other topic there. And Marty, you want to share some of your comments about this article? I found them interesting. Sure, absolutely. I think going forward, utilizing these Industry 4.0 technologies and solutions, I think companies, if they really look at it now, how do they survive? One, that's the most important thing. And then how do we recover faster, better, and be better on the other side of it? And I think these tools can definitely help you. The other part of it is, how do we keep our employees safe? Mm -hmm. Now, I was brought up in a Toyota production system. Go See Act was probably the biggest thing I was taught as a factory leader. You go to that shop floor, and you get down there, and you talk to those people, and you figure out what's going on, and you solve those problems. Well, guess what? We may not be able to do that interaction anymore. These live data tools will keep us safe, but keep us all discussing one version of the truth, a common operational picture. So these tools done right can actually keep us safer and have better business outcomes and we do a digital go see act. So there's opportunity there to really take care of our companies and our people utilizing these tools. And Marty, I want to mention you also wrote a response or a commentary on an article in themanufacturer.com where they said Industry 4.0 is not only as relevant as it was before the global COVID-19 emergency, it's actually far more relevant moving forward. And that's a quote from John Robinson, Strategic Client Advisor, Digital Supply Chain at SAP. So Marty, what was your comment to that? 
Well, I believe content of consumption is going to be the most important thing going forward. And you're going to see a lot of that manufacturing that went offshore. Just think about the mask. We had countries that were making the mask. We're not making them anymore. And they were holding the supplies because they wanted to keep them for themselves. We can't have that anymore. We can't accept that type of security or safety issues. So manufacturing is going to come back to the United States. Industry 4.0 is going to allow us to overcome that labor arbitrage that sent it over there. So it's really, although it was bad that it went, there's kind of a silver lining there because we can bring these manufacturing um, facilities back and do it much better and do it cheaper using technology. Exciting and scary and wonderful all at the same time. And I have to tell our listeners and our viewers here in the room that if you have questions for these experts, they are not behind a glass shield. Maybe social distancing requires it, but you can actually talk to them on email. It's asktheexperts at yash.com. And I love to spell emails and, and uh, URLs, so bear with me here. So it's ask, ask the T-H-E, experts, plural, E-X-P-E-R-T-S at yash, Y-A-S-H.com. They're waiting for you to contact them. Operators are standing by. So, Marty, you want to wrap up? Because I see Denny there in the room, and I want to make sure we get plenty of time for Denny because he promised to talk about how do we get the oil changed in our car, our cars that are getting three months to the gallon right now. I had to get that in. Marty, why don't you wrap up for me? Sure. One thing I know for sure, you can't drive your car looking in in a uh, rearview mirror, and nobody likes 30-day-old bread. So let's get a live factory out there. Come talk to me about it. Hit www.c5mi.com. We've got a lot of great information and more videos out there, and I look forward to uh, the next two weeks. Thank you very much, Marty. Happy to have you on board. And I want to thank you for introducing me to these nice people at Yash, as well as your colleagues at C5 and making this all possible. So thank you, Marty. I think we're having a good time here. I, I warned our, uh, our attendees last week that this is one of the few webinars where we're not reading slides and we're not stuffy. We're talking like real people. And oh my God, our, our panel here, I got to put the gallery view up. They're all smiling. They all look happy. Who heard of a webinar where everybody's happy? We're breaking ground here. So Denny Goad, I love for you to take over now and I promise everybody talking about oil change but I know you want to talk about something unpopular end of service Ooh, so Denny Goat I'm going to put you back in speaker view welcome hey Bonnie thanks for letting me be here today yeah I don't know if we can compare oil changes to drones from last week but uh, you know I think the topic will be will be interesting so you know Marty talked about going often here from the shop floor to the top floor I'm going to pivot a little bit and we're going to go from the server room to the boardroom okay we're going to talk about how to bring that, that value from the server room and, and up into the business. So <clears throat> Microsoft end of service, it's, it's just what it says it is. It's, it's the Microsoft Windows server going out of service, no longer supported, no virus updates, no, no security updates, nothing like that. Um, from a SQL server perspective, that product is another one that goes out of style, or I'm sorry, out of style, goes out <laughs> of service. And, you know, nobody likes to do it, Bonnie. So maybe we talk about the style that way, but you, you don't see the value in it. And, and it's, uh, you know, Yash can help you bring value through something normal like that. And that's why I mentioned you before the show started about the, the oil change. So if you think about an oil change, you know, we all, everybody takes their, their car to get its service, or the majority of us do. <laughs> and when you do that, you take it to the experts, right? And, we take it to the experts because because they there are really probably two reasons. Number one, they do it faster than we could do it. They've got the right tools. They've got the right place to do it. Also, they know what problems to look for when they're under the hood, and they know how to put things back correctly. So you know, taking that there, we can you know we can we can benefit from that. And eventually, every once in a while, Bonnie, not all the time, but you take your car in and you get the oil changed. You think 
this is going to cost me 30 or 40 bucks, but what happens? They come out and you know what? You got a little shimmy in there and you need a thousand dollars worth of tires. And you know, you also need your antifreeze flushed and Hey, here's that $4,500 estimate. And my car is only worth $10,000. So at that point, and this really, I don't mean to get silly with the analogy, but it really is true when you compare it to servers, you have a decision to make, right? Do you buy a new car? Do you upgrade? Or, or do you stick with, with, with what you've got and, and fix it? And both decisions can be right. And that's the point, and that's what we're going to talk through today, Bonnie, is Yash has, has really honed in on this process of Microsoft end-of-service products going in, working with the businesses and figuring out what's, what's right. So tell me some more. And by the way, I'm thinking as you're talking and, and Derek and, and even John in the beginning and Marty, I'm thinking we should have called this the car edition, John. This should have been tech talk, managing the new normal, the, the car or the automotive edition, because we've used that theme. Danny, I want to hear more from you. Go ahead. What do you got? Well, first, let's cover what makes Yash uniquely qualified to do this, because your audience may be thinking, you know, upgrading a server, what's the what's the big deal here, right? But, you know, Yash, we've talked about the beginnings of Yash, Josh, or uh, John mentioned, and and we, we started out in the manufacturing vertical. And within the manufacturing vertical, and a lot of verticals have this requirement these days, but there is not a lot of time to take those critical servers down, right? We have to go in and you have to really do the negotiating with the business. If you have a critical server, you're going to negotiate with the application team. You know, maybe they want to upgrade the application and they've been waiting for a downtime. So, you know, I've seen this in real life where someone goes in and they upgrade a server and then a month later they take it down again to upgrade the application. And that's not what you want to do to your business. So again, over the last couple of decades, Yash has perfected the process there. And, and we really turned this into one of my, one of my architects talked to me last week when we were talking about this subject and he said, you know, you've got to remind people that this is not a point in time exercise. It's not, it's not an oil change, Bonnie. And that's what I'm trying to drive home here. It is, it is looking at the cycle of the life cycle of that server so that you can really do an evaluation there and figure out what we need to do. So from uh, first, if we talk about the risks a little bit of, of not updating, the biggest risk, and it's more of an effect of this or a result of not upgrading, and that's uh, hurting your brand. And, you know, if you don't upgrade, you're not going to be able to move as fast. You're not as secure. And ultimately, it's going to come down to, to impacting your clients. And so first and foremost, we want to always protect that brand and the trust that you've built with your clients. Second off, and I'm going to go through a little bit quickly here for the sake of time, but you've got aging hardware, you've got downtime caused by old operating systems or old applications, the time spent resolving the issues. And Bonnie, we've seen, I mean, study after study, you look at the help desk tickets, the service desk tickets, and you see once you get that newer software, that newer operating system, sometimes that newer hardware in there, if you decide to do that, incidents really go down. And when you're talking about companies that have a hundred, two hundred, a thousand, ten thousand servers, that really makes a big difference, Bonnie. So the next would be, you know, that that business interruption as a result to that. Uh, malware, you know, again, if we're upgrading the newer hardware and software, you're going to be more secure. And then I'm going to reemphasize the first one I started with, which is the brand protecting your brand. Because again, it's like changing oil. We, we know what happens if you don't change that oil. And I know we're all getting three months to the gallon right now, as you said. But if you don't go out and check that oil, what happens? You know, your, your engine blows up and, and you're stuck, right? 
Danny, think about the workload if you have an AI-powered bot at your customer help desk and they're answering the phone and they get, why wasn't my order delivered? Why is there a delay? Why are you triple charging me? Why did you tell me the supplies didn't come in because your supply chain is oh, a little broken right now? Why did you tell me you got downtime because you're upgrading your software? Why did you tell me the work shift didn't come in today or somebody's car broke down on the way? Can you imagine the overload on AI to have to tell that to management what went wrong in terms of brand representation, customer, you don't want to do that to your bot. So Denny, there's a word here. It's an M word. I see it in your notes and it's called modernize. How do we get to the solution? Yeah, perfect. You know, and Marty talked a lot and I've been out on the shop floor with Marty and Derek before. It is so exciting to be out there and to watch the things that they do. But guess what they need? And you mentioned AI. You know what they need? They don't need that 1990s server, that Pentium, right, out there. They need that new hardware, that new server that's able to handle the AI, that's able to handle the quick data, that's able to do, you know, nobody wants to have their iPad out on the shop floor, enter that query, and wait 15 seconds. They need it now. And, and so infrastructure, you know, I, I wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to do the things they do without, like I mentioned last time, that circulatory system carrying the data from one point to another. So yes, you mentioned modernize. It is not about, and you know, the Microsoft end of service, it is about modernization. And we had a tagline, I believe, as we were advertising this, which was doing this helps you prepare for the future without you really knowing what the future holds. And, and this is how, so I'll, I'll bring it back to that, but through that modernization, right, we're going to, first we're gonna optimize the cost because we're gonna take a look and Bonnie, we go in, let's say we, we enter a, a company with a thousand servers. By the time we're done upgrading the, the end of service uh, products, we are, we're probably gonna end up with less servers or if it's, a if it's a growing company and they're adding servers every day, we will have flattened that curve because we don't just blindly go in and update a server. We're going to go in and we're going to have a conversation around what's this server do? Should we move it to the cloud? Should we get rid of that server? Is it better suited for a serverless environment and change to microservices architecture? And back to my future comment, the less parts we have, the less chance we have for failure. We've known that for a hundred years, ever since Henry Ford, right? And so we need to be able to figure out how we can complete that cycle, not just evaluate it. The, the end of service is just a prompt for us to have that conversation. So you hit it on the head. It is all about modernization. Good. Yeah. And, you know, and, and secondly, again, some of the flip side, but I think it's worth saying from a, from a modernization perspective today, it's more important than ever that we've got to have a secure environment. And Marty and Derek and those guys are running around on the shop floor. They're popping up data terminals everywhere. They're popping up IOT devices. Um, you know, and so we need the Raspberry Pis. Everything needs to be secure. And you've got to have the latest security on your systems to do that. And this is a good way to do that. So from a pandemic perspective, and I think uh, Derek touched on this, and so did Marty, is now is really the time, Bonnie, to embrace that transformation. Now is the time to take a look at that and figure out what we, what we can do to modernize. Um, from a, the other one that I'll mention is the scalability and the flexibility. So I talked about moving things to the cloud. When we, when we move to the cloud, we were to, to better react to the business there to prepare for the future, right? We're able to, 
to ramp up on if, if they come to us and they want to add a section to the shop floor, it's very easy for us to do that. Whereas if we've got that stagnant infrastructure in our data center today, wait, oh, I'm sorry, Marty, give me 90 days lead time to order that server for you, right? And then you can come back and test it in 90 days and then maybe you can deliver it in 180. I, you know, Marty's not on here right now, but that, that doesn't work, right? So, I mean, that's that's just not the, the speed that we want to go at, so. Yeah, and the, the other thing that I'd mentioned, Bonnie, is from a cloud perspective, we are talking about Microsoft end of service. Azure has, if you move a server to Azure, if you've got an old Windows box like Windows 2008, you can migrate that server to Azure and Microsoft will give you three extra years of support. So that's another thing that we're doing with our clients is walking in and saying, look, Tell your management here, we can really kill two birds with one stone. We can we can get that server migrated up to the cloud, buy you some more time, and then upgrade it as well. Denny, thank you. I'm going to go to gallery view to get everybody up here. We've got about three minutes left because we are live on the radio in addition to being here. We have a little more time in the Zoom room, but we have to respect the closing on the radio. I want to say what a pleasure it is to speak with all of you. You're all so smart and committed and you know what you're talking about and that's so important. And it seems that at this time where a lot of companies and factories might be experiencing downtime and they're hanging your head and saying, oh my, what are we going to do? The answer is do something. Do it now. Get going. Look to the future. Yes, we might not know what it's going to bring, but we can plan to be flexible and pivoting and ready for that future. And just by sitting there and saying, OMG, you're not going to get there. So I appreciate all of the wonderful expertise here. Derek Dyer, always a pleasure to hear from you. I always feel smarter after I listen to you, Derek. And Marty Groover, you and I go back a couple of years. You've been on Game Changers Radio with me, and I, I'm so pleased that you've asked me to host these events. And, and Marty, I love your background and your commitment to Live Factory. And Denny Goad, what can I say? Thank you for the analogy. Really appreciated that. People want to know in terms of how they live their lives. And so if not everybody in the audience is a, a manufacturer, a factory person, but they may be part of a company that does or works with or as part of their supply chain, they can get it from a people perspective. And John Gretter, what would we do without you? John, my opener, my person who sets everything up so beautifully. And we have to do a thank you, of course, to my colleagues at Voice America Radio, Ryan Treasure, who's always there for us. Ryan, thank you so much. And our, our engineer, Aaron Keller. I like to say for getting us on the air and keeping us on the air. And I'm getting messages here. Two minutes left. We can do a lot in two minutes. So I'm going to go around the table and give you each about 20 seconds. That's it. John Gretter, closing message to the audience. John, 20 seconds, go. Tune in next week for episode number three or chapter three. We're going to cover EHS or environment, health, and safety. A deep dive into how the pandemic is affecting companies that we refer to as in the mid-market. Those are companies with a billion dollars of revenue and below, which are the vast majorities of companies in the United States. And then obviously we're going to bring back Marty Groover and he's already teased that he's going to talk about DRCM. Another great segment with Marty. So join us next week. Episode three is just going to keep getting better. Okay. Marty Groover, closing remarks. Quick, quick. Speed of retail. It's coming to industry. Got to get ready for it. There you go, Derek Dyer, closing remarks. Bonnie, you hit the home run for me. Standing still is not an option. Do something, act, do something now. I'm glad. Now we got a baseball metaphor in there. Home run. Can't wait till those things get started again. Sports with nobody there is just not cutting it. Denny Goad, what do you have to say? Hey, as much as you like the analogy for changing the oil in the car, it is, you know, the point is it is not about that. It is about being yes. bringing value from that service. 
the boardroom and making sure we can hit the bottom line. Thank you very much. Thanks, all. Everybody, stay safe, be smart, be well. Listen to these guys. They're smart. Thank you to everybody who joined us in the webinar room. Thank you to our listeners on Voice America Business Channel. This has been Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal, and dang, we're really trying. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Everybody wave. Bye-bye. Be well. Thank you for tuning in to Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal with Yash Technologies and C5MI. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Y-A-S-H underscore tech or email john.gretter at yash.com. That's john.gretter at yash.com. We look forward to hearing from you.